is Mark Silva, the Outback Silverback, and you're listening to the BNT Podcast. This is Josh, the Act Shooter, and you can check out myself on the lovely DNT Podcast. See you on the flip side. Hey, this is Lewis Spears, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast, not to be confused with the DMT Podcast, which is just about drugs. This one's better. This is Melvin's OKS for Trump the Digital Beat, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Hey, it's Josh Armour, the host of Wrestle Radio Australia and the voice of Riot City Wrestling in Adelaide, and you are listening to the D&T Podcast. Hey, this is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. This is the D&T Podcast, taking you to the extreme. Welcome to the D&T Podcast. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a good one. I love it. That's a good one. And now Schwarzenegger's going French. Hello, welcome to the DNT podcast. I'm Gavin. This is Jesse. This is episode twenty-one. Twenty-one. What's nine plus ten? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, it's twenty-one. Oh, memes. We are ending the year off with a big podcast. Yes, one of the biggest music promoters in Australia, Andrew McManus, joins us for a short twenty-minute conversation. Busy man, understandable. Absolutely understandable, but yeah, we got the time with him, which yeah. is great. So very thankful for that. Uh, that will be towards the end of the show. Uh, very quickly, though, I gotta I gotta talk about something that's been absolutely busting my chops lately. Oh, here we go. It's it's shooting shooting time with Gavin. Kids, kids. What's been doing on with kids, mate? So the other day, I went down to Coles. Okay. To buy some stuff for lunch, and as I'm paying, I just see this kid kind of spazzing out behind me. I don't think anything about it. And then uh, then it keeps on going. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have a look. What's this little this little prick doing? What's he doing? Dabbing. Oh, God. Now, I mean, like, you can't, like, okay, it's all vocal. You can't see what he's doing, but it was just like. <laughs> he was dabbing then. He if was you didn't dabbing like, cra- like five, six in a row. And all I wanted to do was turn around and just boot this kid in the head. Oh, God. And then right next to him was his brother whipping and shit. Doing his little... Oh, There's two kids and you're like, you're so white and you are gingers. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, God. And then the same thing happened the other day at work. Oh, yeah? I'm filling up some stock at my place of employment. We won't go into what that is, but yeah. And at the end of the aisle, I see a similar thing. Kid having a bit of a spaz thing. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, he's dabbing. What, when did dabbing become the cool thing? I don't know. Why is it still a cool thing? I don't know. I don't understand but it. Same thing. I looked at this kid and his mother's there. And I'm like, oh, I just want to just, just kick you in the fucking face. Yeah, people at my workplace try to get me dabbing. I'm just like, it's so stupid. I don't get it. <laughs> I do it as a joke. Oh, really? These kids are like legit. <laughs> like the memes are too strong now That's memes. exactly what it is The memes are too strong Well the, it's memes When did memes kick off? Like 2009 or something like we that? We were in high school oh. Yeah I was still in high school we, we were in high school I was still in high school in 2009 I'm not that old I was in early I think I was in year 7 At that point And now they've just Yeah Skyrocketed And some stay around way too long 
<laughs> and others die off too quickly. Oh, God. For yeah. example, shoot me for this, Harambe. Oh, That's God. That's still going. Is it really? Yep. Can't people get over a fucking gorilla getting killed? No, because memes. Oh, that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm sick of memes. <laughs> I remember the first time that MySpace, MySpace was popular. Like... There was grade five. We were sitting in IT class, and every and like there was six people huddled huddled around one computer, and I decided to go over there and see what the hell was going on. And everyone's on MySpace. This was before it was even blocked on um on the computers, and we're just on it. And I'm just like, oh, this is cool. So first thing I did, I got home, made myself a MySpace page, right. and it like I look back at it now, and I look at I think I went back on the page like maybe two years ago. It is so bad. You haven't sent it to the MySpace graveyard? <laughs> I haven't, no. It is so... I, I think they did it for me now, but... um. No, you do it yourself. Nah, because I can't log into mine nah. anymore. I don't think it exists anymore, but... um. I forgot my password and all that, so yeah, I have no idea. But, um, I'm sure it's cringeworthy. Oh, well, I went it. It was so cringeworthy. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Almost yawned then. So cringeworthy. So, so cringeworthy. No, it's so We're crin- hunting wabbits today. <laughs> So cringeworthy. But yeah, enough of the memes. I I'll, t- you- I'll tell you my first instance of memes. Yeah. Do you remember Funny Junk? Yes, I do. That was my. That was kind of my first introduction to memes and then just... Now it's just out of control. Now it's all 4chan and it's taken to a whole new level. Yeah, and even Facebook's got some dumb ones. Do you see the one I uh, tagged you guys in the other day? Yes, I did see that. Oh my God, putting the Seinfeld... A uh, little baseline in inappropriate things. So there's the two towers going it. down in here. I loved it. And you're like, oh no. Why? I loved it. I was <laughs> crying at the end of it because I'm just like, this is so bad, but it's so funny at the same time. Because you just hear people screaming in the background. It's like, boom, ba-dum, boom, boom, ba-dum, boom. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And there was that. And then it was. Um, What's another one's gotten too old now? Fucking everyone's singing Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Somebody wants... Like, we get it, Shrek. Ah, yes. That's becoming a bit of a annoyance. Yep. There's, it depends. Some some memes are funny, some aren't. But, you know... Like, Ho- does does horses count? Horses. Daryl Braithwaite? Yeah, that's become a bit of a annoyance. That's, that's run its course. Shannon Knoll's becoming a bit of an annoyance. Yep. Even though he's a kind of a top bloke. <laughs> Oh yeah, but just you know, all of a sudden they get popular again because memes. Yeah, no, they're like, no, just enjoy the music. Yeah, it was like Daryl Braithwaite went to Empire one night <laughs> just to play horses and get out. I did see that. What a waste of time and money! Not for him, not for him, but for the actual club. Exactly. I would have wanted a full show. For like, like, so for a couple of minutes, it's just you know the kids are going like, I don't know the verse, but riding on the horses, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't know. It's become a um, it's good for him because he's probably making a big stack of cash from it. But, oh, like Nolsey, like now Nolsey's relevant again in Australian music. Well, yeah, that's the thing, and I've always been a fan of Nolsey, but you know, like uh, the whole thing about oh he got robbed, he got robbed. It's like fuck, man. Talent shows don't mean shit anyway. Nope, never did, never will. Nope. But yes, coming off the uh, meme stuff. I know we're talking about it before we start a recording, but um, and we're gonna watch it later. But I've been oh, watching yes. the Grand Tour the last couple of days, and um, I gotta say I'm really impressed with how everything's come out. Like, um, much better than Top Gear. Should I put a spoiler alert? So how so? 
Is it going to be spoilers? No, no spoilers. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm just going to say like it is really good for how much they put into it. It's come out fantastic. I love the whole concept of, you know, this isn't a spoiler because it's already been announced that it goes this way. It's a grand tour. So they got their studios, a tent. They go for around the around different countries. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, and Jeremy doesn't have a filter anymore. So he can say whatever oh, the fuck he wants. Yeah. Oh, trust me. He... he yes. Uh, there's actually no... Put a spoiler alert. There is... Spoiler spo- alert. There is one point where they pull uh, sex toys out, so <laughs> <laughs> it uh, gets it gets interesting. Oh That's that was God. in this week's episode, so go check it out. And they're bringing back the Christmas special. Thank fuck. Cool. With you know the Christmas special where they go to like different like they do that, t- like for example they go to like Botswana or something like that, yeah, or yeah. Um, the US. Um, they're doing one of Jones. those. You know, you know how they used to do the Christmas special, yeah, like yeah. the two parters. Yeah, they're bringing that back. Sweet. So, yeah, and it's a lot better than the new Top Gear. I gotta say, so um, yeah. much better. And Amazon Prime just launched. Cheap plug for you guys. <laughs> so I suggest you go check them out. Please pay us. Yeah. No, no, don't. Sorry. You know what else I want to talk about before we start moving on to the interview and all that man spreading. No, not man-spreading, even though you can chat about that if you want. Oh, i got some words about that. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, no, you say your bit. Nah, you, you say it first because mine, yeah. mine's a bit long. Uh, I know my dad listens to this podcast, <laughs> and every time he sees me, he goes, you and Jesse have to watch your language. Always fucking, 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 fucking. It hasn't been like that for the last like That's five I, episodes. Well, apparently the... Um, the top five thing we did apparently we used cunt a little bit too much that doesn't surprise I'm me like, did we okay but no because uh, I'm trying to watch my language on this but you know what fucking BuzzFeed yes right, I've, I've done this thing with women I've got three women who have serious issues with you know blokes sitting down and having their legs spread open a little bit what's wrong with that because you know we got this thing called testicles and they are a struggle to keep close you know exactly if you like Close my legs now. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, open yeah. them. It's a different story. Because you know your boys can hang free. You're hammering stones, as <laughs> I heard the other day. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but so pretty much this video is just the three women man spreading for a week, where they sit down and they exaggerate the hell out of it. Oh good and god. Like, oh, you know, there's people staring at me. How do you subconsciously not realize that you man spread? And it's like, because we have testicles, it's a natural thing for us to do. It's a natural habit. Like it's uh, BuzzFeed does my head in. That's why I don't watch any of that shit yeah. on Facebook or anything I, like uh, that. I, I, I didn't. I watched it through um Ethan's channel, H3H3 Productions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, even Lewis did one. I did see that. I haven't watched it yet. But it's just like, oh, it's this whole feminist thing is getting too much now. You know, it's they, not feminist they, though. It's like feminist, like I'm doing the you know quotation marks. Quotation marks feminist. But it's like you know they you know tell you know we can't say anything you know about the body and that, but they want us to change our body. It's hypocrites. It's like um, I don't know. I feel like King Ross. Hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip 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 hypocrites. I don't know. Whoever the hell he does it. it it's. Though they're just craving attention. That's all they are. Those particular people are oh, craving yeah. attention. That's the best way of putting it. The cream of the crop. The cream of the crop of craving attention. Of stupidity. Oh, gosh. Yeah. but yeah, um, 
stupid. They drive me a bit cuckoo. I'll give yeah, no, because I watch that video and just it angered me. Where it's like, why? Like this is a serious thing that they are trying to get rid of. The fact that men just when they sit down, just the legs are open. What's wrong with that? And the ones that were showing like exaggerated. No, like the men they were showing weren't, weren't. You know, a couple of them. So I'm gonna sit in the chair now. So his right foot's planted, and his left leg is kind of sitting out of the seat, so he's not taking up all the room on the other side. Yeah, that's kind of thoughtful, I guess. I think that is thoughtful. He's not taking up. I'm assuming this is in a train or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Two guys are sitting like that on both sides. Okay. Is there now the passenger seat next to him, next to the window, is cleared up? You know, if someone was sitting there, they're not. You know, you know, apparently taking up. Three fucking seats with you know their wide open legs. Oh god, kind of thing. I don't know. Someone should go into BuzzFeed, um, preferably ISIS, <laughs> and Fuck. just blow it up. Fuck. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to swear on this podcast, but fuck. You know what? I'm. I'm adding in the Seinfeld thing right there. <laughs> Ah, ah. Oh man, we're we we gonna get so much hate, even though we're used to that. But. I don't care, I'm over BuzzFeed controlling what the youth of today are saying <laughs> and doing, more or less. Oh shit. I don't understand, I really don't understand the whole point of BuzzFeed. They they make money out of bagging the shit out of people. That's all it seems like. Yeah. They just have a sock. No, it's not just that, it's um, if you're white, you're evil. If you're a male and you're white, oh, you're double evil. You are Satan. You know, you're not even. You're not even Satan. You are Hitler. Are there men on BuzzFeed? Yeah. And what do they say about this shit? Do they? Agree they just with agree, because they obviously want to get the dicks wet, and they obviously want to get the money. Hmm. <laughs> what from like hairy armpit vegans? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I find that shit very, yeah. very gross. But we're, yeah. we're getting into another. Hey, fucking... all, all you know, your body is your thing, absolutely. But don't don't need a parade about it. And you don't need to put it on Instagram of your fucking hairy armpits with different bits of fucking that filth hanging out of it. Dyed green for some reason. Why? <sighs> somebody, could somebody please answer me? Why do they do that? Bitches be cray. Why? What? What? Why are you dyeing your armpit hair? I, I don't know. When did that become a thing? I don't. I don't see men fucking doing that. You know, let, let's do it. Hashtag time dye the pubes. <laughs> let's get a trend happening. <laughs> men around the world listening to the DNT podcast. Let's go out there buy some hair dye and let's dye our pubes <laughs> and put it all over Instagram. <laughs> Hashtag dye the pubes. We'll see. We'll see who gets um, who gets angry then. Hang on. Alicia, you can answer this. You've got a weird feminist, vegan, fucking weird in the head friend. She's got <laughs> plenty of them. <laughs> What's the deal? What's the deal with uh, those girls that dye their underarm hairs? No clue. That's fucking weird. That's next level. <laughs> I'm... She's still talking. They die. <laughs> did you say they dye their leg hairs? Dye their what leg hairs. What the fuck? Good God. 
Well, Screw it. Let's, you know what? We've, learned to, we've learned a few things on this podcast today. Screw the pubes. Let's just let everyone just cover themselves in blue. Let's just become Smurfs. <laughs> the BWO. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the BWO. SWO. The SWO. Smurf World Order. Smurf World Order. Hashtag SWO. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's our rant for today. I don't know what I was going to talk about before, but I've totally forgotten. But it doesn't matter. You were going to say something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to talk about, but I've totally forgotten about it and it doesn't matter. What we should do, I think, before we get into the Andrew podcast, um, let's do a quick little thank you. Okay. We've, we've, we haven't, it hasn't been one year since the DNT podcast, but this... It's, it's the end of the year. It's the end of the year. Last podcast for the year. Yeah. Uh, I guess a little thank you for everyone that's listened. Uh, thank you to the guests that have come on. Had some really cool ones. Other ones, yeah, yeah. Well, either way, we've had we've had a bit of a mix with different, you know, guests. We've had our very big popular one with Bass. Mm. Um, the part part two, especially people are still talking about that, which is you know I take it as a positive. Yeah, more views for us. More views for us. You know, Bass got to get his story out. We're all still good mates. That's all that matters. Yeah. You know. Um. Then we had you know Mark Silver, which was a first podcast for him. Um. We had Lewis Spears, who who knows we might bring him back for another one. Who you knows? never know. Um. Who else have we had? That's a really good one. Yeah, that was the a Josh really Armour one was really good. The and Josh Armour that one was, was really so good. last minute. I know. That was like we just messaged him like maybe an hour beforehand, like, hey, do you do you want to be on the podcast today? And we just spoke for like an hour and a bit. Yeah, and it was just talking shit I mean it worked out well who else have we had we've we got, had cookie break last week yep now um who else we've, we've had Freddie Gold which is I'm pretty sure his third, first podcast as Freddie well Freddie Gold Andy Gold whoever you want whoever whatever incarnation you want to call him yep um but yeah we got it we've had a good year so far we have and um well not really a year but we're almost at that point exactly and I reckon I reckon 2017 we'll get some good guests too yeah, well, um, that list is building up right now, so we'll have some decent ones, I reckon. Yeah, by the time we get there, book yourself in for the DNT podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding, and we're not that busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, work out your dates. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, um, let's Let- get into the um, interview then. That's it. All right, Andrew McManus, welcome to the DNT podcast. How are you going this morning? I'm right, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Too good. So, uh, fresh off the Culture Club Encore Tour in Australia and New Zealand, how was that for you? Um, we actually didn't do New Zealand, um, and that was the reason why we actually had them back, because uh, they hadn't played New Zealand before, and there was offers on the table from them, and they came to me and said, look, we want to do New Zealand, we've got this offer. Um, will you, you know, add some dates in Australia? So we looked at basically where we played last time, and went more so in the regional areas. So we were, instead of playing Sydney, we went in behind the Valley. Instead of playing Adelaide, we went out to the Barossa. And um, the only place we sort of stayed in was Melbourne because we were so successful in the May tour. Um, and went into the Maya Music Bowl, which was a great show with a lot of Estonian talent. Uh, but unfortunately, after locking it all in and, and under the pretense that you know, New Zealand was important to them, the New Zealand promoter pulled out um, oh, and shit. thankfully, thankfully, though the guys uh, hung in with me, and because uh, we'd announced and spent you know, a considerable amount of money on the on the marketing, um, and still came down to the Australian date solo. 
Awesome. Well, I can imagine that the Barossa Valley dates would have been a very different vibe from the um, first tour in the start of the year. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the, the band loved it. And, you know, the outdoor feel and getting into our summer months and warmer months and the warmer climate. Um, yeah, they loved it. And uh, the people, I think, really appreciated seeing them in a, in a different setting. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Well, um, let's start it off here. So how did you break into the promotion business, the um, promotion of music and all of that? Well, basically, um, it, was, it was a weird uh, road I went down where I left school and was more so, um, um, yeah, my, my, I suppose, ch- field of choice was sport. And then I was playing rugby, and in those days, rugby was an amateur sport, so I had to uh, be sponsored by a company. And it was a hotel chain that sponsored us, and then I ended up in Sydney playing with Ringa. Um, and then the Tooth Brewery, um, with my sponsor down there, because they give you time off and to train and what have you. And then, then uh, I became a sort of better publican than I became a footballer. I ended up with my own pub uh, as a licensee uh, in Rose Bay. And then uh, in those days, uh, it was you know, a, a different world to where we are today. There was no poker machines and what have you. So you, know, you had to be pretty... Being outside the box, and you know, we put in like a sausage restaurant and all these different things to make, to get clientele in. Built the hotel up, and then being under license, the brewery um, they sold the hotel because it was making you know, double what it was when I first took it over. Then I was sort of without, not without a job, because Terry Page without a hotel, and I got an offer from uh, Terry Page, who ran Salinas in the Coogee Bay. And said to me, do you know anything about music? I said, no, not really. He said, well, neither does the guy that's booking the venue at the moment. Would you like to start? And I thought it was a challenge and something different. And I always, you know, as a young boy, grew up watching the Michael Edgeleys of the world and thought that's something I'd always, you know, adhere to and love to have a go at. So um, I took the bull by the horn, so to speak, and uh, started booking... Coogee Bay and Kalinas, which was like a 2,000, was a 1,000 seated when we first took it over, and then Terry it into expanded to 2,000 oh, nice. uh, capacity. Um, and that's where I met the Divinals one night. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I was actually, we were actually going to bring up the Divinals. I was actually going to ask, how did that come about? But pretty much you've asked, the, you've answered the question right there. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they were having problems with their manager, and you know, we sat down and it was after the show, and they were saying, oh, we never made. You know, excuse me, any you know, much money from this tour. And I said, well, you're kidding. You know, you've got two sold out, 2,000 seaters here. I said, I can't understand how you're not making money. And you know, I just challenged them. I said, give me three shows and I'll show you how to make money. And um, so they did and we made uh, a good earn. And we did, I think it was the old line in Adelaide, the, Palo, uh, the Palace in Melbourne, and then finished up in Jindabyte. Um, fantastic. And that was how our relationship started, and I managed them for 11 years for that day onwards. Oh, fantastic. Right place, right time kind of moment, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Seeming that we're kind of a wrestling podcast as well, we wanted to talk about World Wrestling All-Stars. Because um, yep. there isn't, I, I don't know if how many interviews you've done about World Wrestling All-Stars, but a lot of our wrestling mates are very interested to hear a lot more about World Wrestling All-Stars. I'll let Gavin in and ask the first question if you want. Yeah. Uh, sure. So I guess, uh, how did the idea of the promotion come about? 
Um, it was Thanksgiving one year, and I was over in Palm Springs with uh, Doc McGee, and we were having you know, um good old night and what have you. And somehow the idea, the idea came up, and because at that point in time, Ted Turner, who Doc knew, was getting out of WCW, and uh, he uh, was basically releasing his roster. And I said to Doc, you know, wouldn't it be a great idea just to grab, you know, the top 20 of these guys? Vince McMahon at this stage has never really gone into the UK as a live event. And uh, I said, I reckon we can, you know, we can really make a go of it. Um, so he entrusted me on the project and uh, he was sort of a silent partner on it. Doc manages Kiss, you know, a yeah. lifelong friend. Um, so and that was sort of the... the embryo of the idea and then uh, I met up with Jeremy Borash and a uh, very good friend of mine now, Jeff Jarrett and uh, they were the first you know, initial people that um, came on board um, and with their contacts we put a roster together and that's how it started and then uh, it grew and grew and we basically did a pay-per-view or the idea was to do a pay-per-view once a year um, to offset, you know, some of the television storylines and keep that going. Um, and, you know, we had wrestlers. Uh, Sting headlined Auckland. Uh, the Geelong, that's uh, what um, Glasgow show was Scotty Stein. You know, each year, each, we'd, we'd get another couple of big names join us. And um, it was a great experience, great learning curve. Uh, lifelong friends. Unfortunately, um, the years that I was involved with it was probably the hellish on years of drug taking, what have you. And I was looking back at some old vision a couple of weeks ago, and you know, of the forty odd wrestlers, I think ten of them are now dead, which is you know, pretty upsetting. Mm. Unfortunately, happens sometimes. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah. well, I think no, there were no controls in our day, and guys were just allowed to do anything. You know? um, and everything, you know, from uh, Mr. Perfect to Miss Elizabeth, and you know, there were some great people that I became great friends with. It was very sad, you know, just like Benoit, and you know, like, mm. so, the long, the long list. It's very sad. Randy, Randy Savage, yeah. absolutely. Uh, mentioning Scott Steiner, because uh, we want to try and get a theme happening on this podcast, because we spoke to. Uh, Mark Silver, Dennis Cometti's son, uh, earlier in the year when he was here wrestling. Yep. And he brought up a fantastic Scott Steiner story. And we're wondering, does Andrew McManus have a good Scott Steiner story besides cooking him a steak at 3 a.m.? Oh, no, Scotty, well, Scotty was just an amazing person and, again, a great friend. And when I used to go to Atlanta, he picked me up at the airport and we became, you know, um, I suppose, outside of the wrestling world, the maintainer friendship. I always remember Scotty, you know, I mean, he ate so many apples a day. He was just an apple freak. Um, <laughs> and he, you know, he always looking after his, his food intake. Um, and for the size of the guy, um, you know, and he had one bad foot, and I remember helping him take it up one night before he got in the ring. Um, and he, that was just something he had to do every time he got in the ring was take, take his right foot up, otherwise like it was a club foot. Mm. Um, and then once it was done and he'd get in the ring, he was you know, a big man, he was very agile. But, you know, I'm, 
beautiful wife, great kids, and yeah, he's one of those guys that um, I suppose outside of wrestling um, would put you know, your friendship right behind you, you know, take a bullet from you. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, speaking of um, before you're talking about Macho Man Randy Savage, um, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan um, going back then had a little bit of a beef going on at the point and Macho challenged Hogan to have a match um, for charity, I'm assuming. I think it was down um, here with um, McManus promoting. Um, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, but Hogan didn't want to do it. Um, what happened with that? Uh, look, they both lived in Tampa. <coughs> there was, excuse me, there was definitely um, more to it than met the eye. I don't know if it was, it was, it was over uh, a female or whatever, but it was more to it outside the ring. And it was actually a bit personal. Yeah. Um, and Randy definitely wanted to get his hands on Terry. Um, and, yeah. Terry just brushed it off as if it was a joke. Right? Hmm. He wasn't really wrestling at that point in time, but and uh, although we offered him, yeah, you know, a considerable purse to get you know, Hulk down here, it, uh, it just never saw a lot, saw a lot of day. Hmm. Yeah, it was an interesting thing because there's a couple of YouTube videos floating around where he um, called him out and you know did the album as well with the rap album with Moucher Man. So it was a yeah, I don't know if they ever patched things up, but apparently they did. But, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that he's not with us anymore, um, Randy very Savage. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, um, very sad. Yeah, well, um, yeah, for sure. But um, Buff Bagwell is another name that's come down here for your promotion, correct? Yeah, Buffy came down. He was, uh, he was a problem child. As much as I loved him, always had to keep an eye on Buff. Yep. Uh, those girls that came out with him, they... Were they picked his up wife. from a strip club or? No, his <laughs> wife came down, and then yeah, then we pick up locals. <laughs> oh, jeez, um, Well, that's answered. That's answered our that question. <laughs> um, well, Bret Hart, um, working with Bret Hart, how was how was that for you? Um, and how was his involvement with um, World Wrestling All Stars? Because it's an interesting one with Bret Hart. Well, Bret was a, you know, a name, and unfortunately. We never had the ability to have Brett actually wrestle uh, because of his neck. Yeah. Um, so we both basically had him sort of as a commissioner ambassador. Um, and again, a lovely man. And you know, I, I couldn't think, couldn't say anything more uh, nice. And you know, Brett's just got a great pedigree. Obviously, from the wrestling family, from that side of it, you know, there's, there's, it's a great family. Um, with Jim and the rest of them, but you know, they went through their own tragedy. Um, but Brett's, I suppose, currency to us was his name and the fact that you know people wanted to just come and see him in the in, you know in the flesh, even though he wasn't able to wrestle. Um, and he was still a great character, and we wrote Jeremy wrote him in, I think, very well to the, the way we wrote the show. Um, and at the end of the day, um, another friendship. Absolutely. Um, what are your favourite memories from the um, tours? From those wrestling tours? Yeah. Oh, look, I suppose one of the funniest ones was when we were over in Birmingham and we're all in 
two coaches and we decided to pull in because it was a day off or not a day between shows. Um, and Grandmaster Sex Day challenged everyone to drink a competition. Um, <laughs> and he was a big lump of a kid. And then we went, somehow it got into um, a debate on who was the best sportsman, you know, like football player and what have you from college. Um, and then he and, um, I'm just trying to think of him, uh, his name now, big fella. Um, he was one of the tag team champions, Booker T's partner. Oh, um, um, what's his name? Oh, gosh. Stevie Ray, Ray that's it. Stevie Ray. So Stevie Ray and Grandmaster, when we went out of the car park and had a 60-metre sprint, <laughs> and old Grandmaster <laughs> couldn't pull up, and he ended up running straight into the front of the bus and smashing all the bus 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 in and the windows and the whole thing. He was just, and he bounced off it as if nothing had happened, and the whole front of the bus had this big caged-in component where a human had it. <laughs> he's a big, he's that a solid a lad, that's for oh, sure. That's <laughs> that was a funny, that was a funny night. Oh, and then there was another time when we um, we were at uh, a fuel stop in Ireland, and everyone got on the bus, and it was two coaches, and each each had a tour captain, and I was tour captain of our coach, and then um, I think it was Jeff Jarrett was tour man, tour coach, and we had to make sure the numbers were on. And then it was one of the Mexicans, and uh, he didn't speak a lot of English, and of course, yeah, we're driving along the freeway, and there's this car with these two girls screaming, you know, yay, 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 because we left one behind. And it was one of um, uh, one of the, 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 the Suchador, or Luch, what do you call them? Luchadors, uh, yeah. Luchador, Luchadors. And he was always a character, but you know, couldn't, couldn't speak hardly any English. He somehow explained to these two girls that he'd been left behind and they needed to chase the two buses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. These are good stories. Uh, so last one about the wrestling. Would you ever uh, consider getting back into promoting wrestling? Probably not, because Vince has just got it so well tied up now. Um, and the, the, the level I like to do things at are more than the backyard level. Um, and I know that you know, with Jeremy and Jeff, they had their you know, own issues over team with PNA and the struggles that they had, although the Jeremy's still there. It's just a very, very tough platform without having a television or a television story. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> and unless you've got someone with deep pockets backing you, it, it's a difficult situation. Um, and just to bring down names, you know, unfortunately, the kids of today are becoming more and more familiarised with, you know, the John Cena's and what have you, the world of the WWE roster. Um, whereas a lot of the older guys that would want to come down are probably not worth the currency and just, in real terms, you'd lose money. Absolutely. Yeah, well, um, moving on from wrestling questions, um, you've worked with just about everyone in the music industry. Um, is there any cool stories that um, stand out to you while you were on tour? So many, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you can't, you know, sometimes there's an old saying, what happens on tour stays on tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just every tour, there's something happens or something funny happens or, you know, it, it's just part of the business and it's actually part of the joy of being in this business. Um, and working with, you know, the likes of Carol King and Stevie Nicks to Pavarotti's and Bacelli's to Kiss. You know, it's 
Guns N' Roses, Axel, you know, there's some, a couple of great Axel stories. It's probably not right to to broadcast, but you know, yeah, um, he, and him, he himself, you know, off stage is, is really you know, a champion bloke. Um, where sometimes I think he gets portrayed in the media as, as probably not as genuine of what he is, but uh, I've always found him to be you know, a really, really good guy. Absolutely. Uh, so we're running a little short on time, unfortunately. Uh, so what's next for Andrew McManus? Um, well, we, we go headlong into our big festival in New Zealand, Ragamuffin. Um, oh, yes. That's uh, in its 10th anniversary this, this coming February. Oh, fantastic. We've been going for 10 years now, and uh, we're actually um, off-shooted two of the shows, one into Melbourne, one into Sydney, with five of the headliners. Oh, fantastic. Um, mainly because of demand. You know, we've been asked and asked and asked. So I thought oh, off the back of the 10th anniversary, we come and do a Sydney and a Melbourne smaller, you know, just a smaller sort of arena show. Um, off the back of the big outdoor festival on the 18th of February in Auckland. Fantastic. Sounds great. Well, um, are there any tours that we can look forward to in 2017? Oh, look, you know, I'm, I'm working on you know, a bunch of stuff. Um, Kiss Symphony's 15th anniversary is next year. Oh, from fantastic. when we did that at Telstra Day, and, and that, that's something that Doc and I are working on with the band and the MSO. Um, oh, that is that, great. That comes to, comes to fruition. Uh, it seems to be out in, on the Kiss, Kiss sort of like world already, but you know, that's what we're planning, so it's not a big secret. Oh, fantastic. Um, and, you know, potentially taking the band up in uh, areas of Asia that they haven't been before. Um, and tied in with you know the one off in Australia, so it's um, that, that's that's a big project for us for next year. Um, and there's several you know, other other tours, ELOs, and Chicago, and whatever you dotted around the place that we're definitely looking at, and hopefully um, we'll be able to sign off on and announce early in the new year. Fantastic. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we wrap things up? You know, I just think I appreciate you having on online today and um, not sure if this goes into New Zealand or whatever, but our reggae festival um, is something I'd, you know, I'd love to have the support from uh, the punters on. And it's 10 years, as I said, 10 years in, and it's been part of our passion and it's part of our culture of McManus now that this turned into like the, the, one of the biggest reggae festivals in the Southern Hemisphere and we're quite proud of that and the ongoing support of the patrons is something that we don't take for granted and really appreciate people coming along. Fantastic. Well, um, we want to thank you for giving us the time to have you on this podcast today. Thank you very much. Right, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, have a nice right, day. Guys. No worries. Right, appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. See you, mate. This episode of the D&D Podcast brought to you by Seinfeld. Watch now on Stan, Amazon TV, and Triple One Hits on Foxtel. <laughs> well, uh, today's been a fun episode. It has. A good one to round off the year. Uh, thank you to Andrew Manners for giving us uh, his time. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was uh, fucking massive. Okay. <laughs> I can't take it seriously with this Seinfeld music. It's amazing. <laughs> can't just, you tell that we're sponsored by Seinfeld now? <laughs> just glorious. Oh, gosh. Just glorious. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, um, just wrapping up. It was a good conversation with him. Yeah, I uh, would have liked more time, but busy man, understandable, uh, fresh off the Culture Club tour. 
Absolutely. So, I can imagine he'd be fucking tired as well. Yeah, exactly. Too many f fuckings. Oh, Jesus. Mm. That's all right. Doesn't matter. But um, yeah, like... Um, we should call this Tony the Yugus Lovecast. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, it was actually a good podcast. We learned a few things, especially with the um, the Kiss Symphony 15th anniversary. That's yeah. going to be exciting for Ooh-hoo. next year. If they're actually bringing another symphony, that'll be uh, really cool. Take my money, damn it. Take my money, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to end the year off with that. Yeah. It's uh, been an interesting 2016. It has, and we've um, we've done know. this, and in between that, I have uh, nearly destroyed my body <laughs> with your finger. Uh, I blew out my knee, and then I almost sliced my thumb off. Well, there you go. That's it. Um, be interesting, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, obviously, we want to. I'm not sure if this is going to come out before Christmas or after Christmas, but um, yeah, we're going to wish everyone a merry Christmas and a uh, happy ha- new year. It's happy holidays now. We don't. Oh, don't want to trigger the other religions. Let's not do that, please. <laughs> not, not when I'm on a heartfelt moment. <laughs> you know, you know, hang on. I'm going I'm to show you this little video. Uh, let me get it up. Uh, where is it? What is it? Don't mind me. One of the greatest uh, Christmas videos ever. Frank Costa. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. One From my family to your family. Franco Cozzo, in Brunswick and Futuslai, Cozzo, Franco Cozzo. Oh, Franco Cozzo, you're a legend. Oh, good God. Did it record? Huh? No. Oh, well, either way. That's it. Um, So, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays if we're not... Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, 2017 will be a big year. Absolutely. For all of us. But uh, until we come back to the airwaves, you can check us out on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. Just search up the DNT podcast. There will be more coming, I can guarantee you right Absolutely. now. Because I found a couple new platforms. Oh. I have. Ooh, so okay. there might be a few more places you can access us soon. Exactly. And to see the rest of us, like little whores, just go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Look up yes. the DNT podcast. We are there. We are everywhere you can look for us. And our information will be there. All our previous guests, Josh DX Shooter. Um, who else? We got Mark Silva, um, bloody Lewis Spears. Yep. Every, everyone, let's just say everyone's on the podcast. Bass Mabu said, if you want to go check out that podcast, I suggest you do. That's it. Everyone's there. We, well, we're wrapping it up now exactly. for a year. Uh, they think we'd make it this far. I know. Last time we tried to do a podcast, it was like two episodes and we gave up. Yeah. And now it's like, oh shit, we're doing, this is 21. It's 21. I know. 21. Ooh. And we're on to hopefully another 21 in 2017. Now let's do more. Oh, well, that's, I'm okay with that. Let's do more. <laughs> There'll be more. What I will say is, hey, Josh Armour, DNT Podcast would like to be on the digital roundtable. <laughs> oh, jeez. Pitching Damn. ideas already. I know. So anyway, uh, so whenever this comes out, have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. From my family to your family. Catch you on the flipper side. <laughs>